Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm going to a city that's set on a hill. Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill. They'll be in heaven, and there'll be no sorrow there. Oh, I'm going to a city, it lies four square. The gates are made of jasper, and I'll see Jesus there. Hello, everybody. God bless you today. This is Susan Puzio, and I want to welcome you to the Prophetic News radio broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. And we've been broadcasting since 2009. I can't believe it. (laughs) Oh dear, I can't believe it. But it's been a great ministry and we've been able to reach out. We passed the 1 million listener mark about a month ago. And I, I, I thought that was really quite a landmark for us because we don't, really advertise. We've never spent any money on advertising. And somehow people find us, which I'm so grateful for. So today we're going to talk about what makes a pimp preacher. And everybody can do something for the Lord. Anybody could have a podcast on blog talk radio, even they have a 15 minute one that you can do for free. And so anybody could have a broadcast if they wanted to minister in that way, or anybody could have a website, or anybody could pass out tracts, or go door-to-door, or whatever you choose to do for the Lord, but everybody can have a ministry if they want one, and it doesn't require huge sums of money. Most of the time, it just requires you opening your mouth (laughs) and telling people the good news. Amen? And that doesn't cost anything. So the Bible says not to despise the day of small beginnings, and we're very grateful to the Lord that we've been able to have this outreach and that I've been able to keep it going, and I hope that I can keep it going for many more years to come because there's such a crisis right now, I think, in the church that so many people have compromised. And it's very, very sad to see because you could see just our small outreach and how many people that we've been able to reach just through the, the radio broadcast all these years, and never mind on YouTube, We've been able to reach millions of people on our channels there. Greedy Preachers TV and Susan Puzio channel. And then we have our books and our website. So 
it's a great outreach and you can do these kind of things on a very small budget. You don't have to beg people to support your ministry. You don't have to, uh, and I'm not opposed if people put up a PayPal button or whatever, but you don't have to do that. You don't, you don't have to uh, beg people to support your work because the Bible says to seek first the kingdom of God and all the other things will be added unto you. So you go about seeking first the kingdom and watch God add all the other things that you need to do your work and to be able to uh, live your life. God is faithful and the Bible says that he'll not see the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread, but that's mostly what you see now when you see television ministries especially. And many of them have now developed YouTube channels and other outreaches on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And they're always begging for money. They're begging, begging, and then they're manipulating people, and then they're conning people because they tell you, we need millions of dollars. Well, some ministries do need millions of dollars, yeah. But if they need millions of dollars and they're buying mansions and multi-million dollar jets and ski boats and taking lavish vacations, yeah, yeah, everybody needs a million dollars, right? <laughs> and you can see the excess and the waste that most people that have so-called ministries get into. And they'll be begging. They, every time they come on a public platform, they're begging that you have to sow seeds and you have to tithe and you have to do all these things so we could reach out to people. And then you look at the lives of these people or you go back and look at uh, their multi-million dollar mansions and their Rolls Royces and their Rolex watches. And so... What does that have to do with preaching the gospel? Now, if people acquire those things on their own through their own business sense, that's none, none of my business, and it's nobody else's business how people earn their money as far as they, if they earn it honestly with integrity. But if they're pimp preachers where they're telling you they need this money for the ministry and you have to give a certain amount in order for God to bless you, but you have to give it to me, uh, for God to bless you and you have to go to the phone right now and you can't miss your moment and you must obey God although it's not God that's speaking it's them that speak that it's them that is speaking and then they go out and they buy a eight million dollar or 20 million dollar mansion and they buy a 50 million dollar jet and uh, they're full of extortion and excess. That's what Jesus said to the Pharisees. You're full of extortion and excess. So they're not going to sacrifice. If you see a lot of these pimp preachers, they're not going to sacrifice to preach the gospel, but they want you to sacrifice. They want you to take your last money, and they tell you, well, if that's your last thousand, what good is it going to do? 
give that thousand and watch what God will do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch what God will do. God might smack you down for being selfish because that's not our motive for giving. It's just because we, we, we want to get something back. Well, I think I'll give this money. So uh, let's see, what do I need? I need a new car. I need a new house. I would like a nice new watch or what, or I'd like to take a lavish vacation. So I'm going to give this money and I'm going to get something back. Do you think that God is going to honor your selfishness? He won't. He won't. He won't. He won't. You'll be broke next time. So I have some friends. I don't agree with everything that they believe, and I can still be friends with people because uh, there's some things that can't separate you from your friends. And... But I tell, I tell my friends, how could you support or how could you even listen to some of these preachers that you're listening to when they don't have any integrity? The first thing, and I would love to see this stop personally, I want to do everything that I can do to try to bring an end to this pimp preaching where they tell people to give empty your bank account, sell your house and give us the money and watch God bless you. I would like to see an end to all that. I want to see an end to miracle selling. And I I know that over the years, some of the the, uh, statements I have made and other people that do this kind of work, the statements they've made about it, you can tell that some of these people hear these statements because I hear them saying, now, don't let anybody tell you that you're buying a miracle. Oh, no, you're not buying a miracle. Well, they heard that from me or they heard it from some of the other discernment ministries out there or apologetics ministries. They heard that. And so there might be people in their churches or people that, that attend their meetings that tell them, no, you don't have to do that. You're, you're selling miracles. But while they're selling you a miracle, and it's a sales pitch, because while they're selling you a miracle, they tell you you're not buying a miracle, but then you notice they proceed to sell you one and tell you that you have to give 10% of your money to God. And I I say, well, what's God going to do with it? Because there's no money in heaven, so what's he going to do with it? No, we give to each other. You're giving to that person. They like to tell you also that you're not really giving it to the person. You're not giving it to Benny Hinn or Paula White or Richard Roberts or David E. Taylor. You're not really giving the money to them. You're giving it to God. Well, we don't give money to God because he doesn't need any money. He doesn't need money. And, and anyway, tithing, as they like to tell you, you have to give 10% of your income. Tithing was never money. If you can prove to me anywhere in the uh, Old Testament that tithing was money, then I will reward you for that somehow. (laughs) I guess it's not there. Tithing was never money. Never. And so I don't care how many THDs or PhDs or reverend titles or doctor titles or how big their ministry so-called is, if they can't tell you the truth and they don't spend enough time in the word of God to figure out what tithing is, then 
I don't want to hear anything they have to say. Nothing. Don't tell me that you're a Bible teacher and you, you went to uh, this Bible college and you've been in the ministry for so many years and you never yourself studied the word of God to find out what it says. I don't want to hear you. And I think that has to be our attitude for most of us. Turn these people off. As soon as they start manipulating and as soon as they start lying and conning, turn them off and don't listen to a thing they say. If more people would turn these people off and not send them money, they would go away because they wouldn't be able to fund their so-called ministries. Who wants to hear them anyway? Why, why don't I want to turn on the television or turn on a, a YouTube channel or whatever and somebody's begging for money? Nobody likes begging. But yet it works. It really works. It, 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 it's amazing how people support these people. They're taking in tens of millions of dollars a year And then they want to tell you that it's faith. God honors faith. Give me some money and watch how God will honor your faith. Well, we give money to uh, help other people. That's why we give money. We give money because God so loved the world that he gave, and we give out of love. That has to be our motivation is that we really love people. We love ministries. If we want to help a ministry or you want to help an individual, you do it because you love what they're doing. And people don't have to go overboard spiritualizing it by telling you, you're giving it to God and God sees that. And then he has to bless you because whatever you put in his hand, he'll put in your hand. Well, you can't put any money in God's hand. Jesus was the prime example of that when he walked the earth. Nobody was handing him money to perform miracles, ever, ever. So it is, a, it is an abomination what's going on. It's an abomination that Christians at large don't have enough sense to open their Bibles and to find out what the Bible says about giving. I believe in giving. I'm not saying don't give. I, I, I'm never saying that because people will accuse you of that. What are you saying? Don't give because the church has to pay their light bill. Fine, get, give to your local church. But if your pastor is beating you over the head every week with this tithing nonsense and this seed sowing nonsense, don't stay there. And if they ask you why you're, li why you're leaving, tell them why you're leaving. There's no, if you can't, teach me the truth about giving, then you have no integrity and I don't want any part of it. Because they're not worth their salt. And that has to be our attitude. If the pastor or the leader cannot live by faith themselves, then how are they going to teach you about faith? They can't. They can't. And you see what's happened. You see the corruption and 
almost every day there's some kind of a new scandal out there with somebody that's gone astray pastoring a church. And the thing is, if you don't lay the foundation correctly, that's what's going to happen. Eventually, it'll implode somehow, some way. It will implode. It's time for honesty and integrity in the body of Christ. Because we are in perilous times, very perilous times. We don't know what's up ahead for us because the sp- it's like the spirit of confusion reigns. You have a, a leader of our country that can't think straight. You have the, the second leader of the country that talks in riddles. And the economy is falling apart. And these things are happening deliberately. And what can you do about it? The only thing as Christians we can do is pray because you can't get these people out of office. They're there. They're going to make they're going to make the rules and the regulations and there's not a thing you can do about it right now. You can't stop them because you say, "Oh, well, if the Republicans were in office it would be different." Well, they're voting. Some of these Republicans are voting for some of these atrocious uh, programs that they're putting forth. So only God can rescue us. And we are responsible for laying a solid foundation for the body of Christ to follow. Number one, to follow Jesus and no other. And to study to show yourself approved, to be good Bereans and to check out if what the pastor or the the TV preacher or however you get your teaching or whatever teaching you enjoy. Who are these people and and, uh, what do they stand for? It's up to us to to, uh, make sure that what we're listening to is edifying and it's Bible. I'm not saying everybody's perfect because not, not, we don't know everything. <laughs> <You know? laughs> we don't know everything, but I think most of us know about integrity. Most of us know about honesty. And that's, that's what the Lord wants out of his ministers is honesty and integrity, number one, that if we're going to preach to people and tell them, thus saith the Lord, it has to apply to our own lives, too. It has to apply to our own lives, especially where the ministry is concerned. And if you're out there in public ministry and you're, you're uh, scrutinized by the public, because you see that, and you can, you can see, for instance, like if you look at this, richest man in the world, supposedly, Elon Musk. And then he he wants to buy Twitter. So he believes, or so he says, anyway, he believes in freedom of speech. And it's a huge platform for uh, free speech, which, of course, they've cracked down on free speech. If they don't like what you're saying, 
they throw you off and then they ban you for life or whatever. So you don't really have freedom of speech on Twitter. But because he wants to buy it and make it a free speech zone, now all of a sudden they're going to destroy him. Now the press has the power to destroy people. And so you can't... uh, slander people they slander people they do it intentionally because they realize that once they get a story out there that story is going to stick in people's minds whether it's true or not they do it all the time if they're if they're going to destroy you that's their mo let's put up a sex scandal about the person whether it's true or not because anybody can make an accusation anybody could say anything but it has to be proven. You have to have witnesses You have, and you have to have evidence because that's what will stand up in a court of law. Most of these people don't even ever get to a court of law when it comes to slander. We don't slander people here because I don't see any redeeming quality in slandering people. We, if we can't prove something that we're saying, we don't, I don't say it. And the other people that I work with, we spend hours doing the research and trying to dig up the audios and the, the uh, videos so that we have evidence of what people are saying or documents that you need to be able to prove things. But just to say something and slander somebody, no. We don't do that. We don't engage in that kind of thing. So... But the the press at large, they know how to destroy a person. And they can do a very good job of it, of brainwashing people with propaganda and getting you to believe what they want you to believe about a person, whether it's true or not. Because once that rumor is planted out there, it's on the internet and it'll be there forever. You can then prove that it's not true. But the accusation will be there, and it'll be in people's minds. So you can kind of see the pattern where you you see it in the uh, last election where they put out slanderous statements about people, whether they were true or not. They were leaking videos and leaking pictures of people, and the person is never able to go to court to sue for defamation or uh, slander, that kind of thing. So they can't prove their innocence because that, that all takes time. So ministers of the gospel shouldn't engage in those kind of things where uh, you make a false accusation about somebody. And I, I've seen some of these ministries on the internet do the same thing. They are hungry for a story or they're hungry for clicks or whatever. So they they have a story that they heard from somebody else and without really investigating the story and to try to gather all the evidence to see if it's true or not, they come out with the story and they slander somebody and try to ruin the person 
Well, that's not the way we're supposed to operate. We're, we are supposed to expose wolves and warn people about the wolves and make sure that we have evidence about the wolves, quotes from them, audios, videos, things that you can verify that they've written. But I see it all the time where you can watch a YouTube video or you can look at a website that, ha that does news and they slander people. They slander people because maybe they don't like the person or maybe the person has said something about them. So then you see where they get revenge. Then they're going to get revenge. And then they're going to dig up something about you and uh, put it out there, whether it's true or not. It's very, very disturbing. It's very disturbing because we have such an important job to do in these end times to try to help people to see the truth. And not to believe a lie. That's what the devil does. And that's what this Antichrist spirit does. It, it wants to make people believe a lie instead of believing the truth. And if they tell that lie long enough, then people believe it. Because people really believe this whole tithing, seed sowing scam that's going on. And they don't check the word of God out for themselves. I believed in tithing at one time. I tithed until 19, about 1997, and I got saved in 81. I believed it, and I believed in seed sowing, but I can honestly tell you, I didn't spend months researching. I did a little bit of research on tithing, but mainly I was reading books, and then I was listening to preachers. But then I decided when I came out of the Word of Faith movement, I spent about three months, and I did nothing but look up every scripture that had anything to do with tithing or giving or sowing seed or free will offerings. I found out there was nothing in the Bible about tithing money. And I said, oh, brother, wow. And then I found out that the seed is the word of God. There is no... Uh, word for seed in the New Testament that has anything to do with money. So then I realized I was being lied to all that time. Of course, it was my fault because I wasn't being a good Berean to uh, check things out for myself. But once I checked it out, there was no there was no going back. You couldn't convince me of anything else. You couldn't convince me that if I sowed a hundred dollars, I was going to get a hundredfold return, and then if I sowed a thousand dollars, I was going to get so many more blessings because it it's the bigger uh, the amount of money you get, the more blessings you're going to get. That's what I was being told. I saw people give away everything. I saw it. I saw people give away their houses, their cars. People quit their jobs to be in full-time ministry because somebody prophesied they were going to have this great ministry. A, a lot of lives were ruined. 
or could have been ruined. I don't know if it wound up ruining the people. You would hope it wouldn't. Some of these preachers, they didn't have any scruples at all. They didn't care if they took your house. They didn't care if you took, they took your car. They didn't care if you emptied out your bank account to give it to them so that they could have a bigger and better ministry. I think that anybody with a conscience that could take, knowing that it's a family and they're not from a very wealthy family, they don't have a trust fund or anything like that, they're just an average family trying to earn a living, and then you're going to take their house? No. I saw that happen to a friend of mine in England. He gave his house to Morris Cirillo, and he had three children, a wife and three children. They wound up living in a studio apartment for a long time, and then they were able to rent a house. I don't know what's happened to them since. I haven't seen them, but... No, Morris Cirillo didn't have any scruples about taking, taking someone's house. No. If somebody has three or four houses and it's not going to, if they want to give you a house, in that instance, that's different. But as far as taking a house from a family that doesn't really have that much income and uh, their hearts, their hearts were in the right place because they really wanted to help Morris Cirillo. Morris Cirillo didn't care. He was, he, he was flying around in a $50 million jet. I don't know how many mansions he had. So did he really need this man's house? No. <laughs> no. So e even as ministers of the gospel, sometimes if people want to give you something, you have to look at the whole situation and say no. Oh, thanks. That was very nice, but I'm not going to take it. That's honesty. And that's integrity. So later on in the program, I'm going to be playing a clip, a clip from uh, David E. Taylor, this pimp preacher out there. And he was telling people, I need a million dollars. Oh, we have so much work to do for the Lord. And I, I have to have a million dollars in 30 days. Well, he just bought an $8 million mansion in Tampa. So I guess he's planning to move to Tampa with his wicked ministry that he calls a ministry. And so who would want to give to this person? Uh, if, he, if he was a smart businessman and he made the money honestly and... Uh, he wants to buy himself an $8 million mansion. Well, that's none of my business. But if he's going to tell people to sow seeds and to tithe to his ministry so he can preach the gospel, and then he buys an $8 million mansion from the money from the ministry? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. You can see, I have a video up on uh, YouTube called Lifestyles of Rich and Famous Preachers. Well, it shows their houses. They didn't get these houses because they were 
most of these guys didn't get it because they were good businessmen. No, they were good con artists and good pimp preachers. And with your 10% that you're giving with all your heart, so you're giving it to the Lord, and they're buying these huge houses off, you, off of your blood, sweat, and tears, and they're telling you that you're giving it to God. No. No. Like I've said before, it's a good gig if you could get it. And they know it, too, because they know most of these, and it's mostly men that do it. There's some women that do it, too, but it's mostly men. And they know that they can't really be successful out there in the world. So some of these guys become preachers, and they start churches, and they just have the gift of gab. They have a lot of charisma. And they know how to extract your money from your wallet and your bank account by spiritualizing it and then making it about you. It's all about you, really. I'm telling you this, they'll say, because I want you to get blessed. Yeah, giving's a blessing. It's more blessed to give than to receive, and it is. You get a really good feeling when you're giving, and you're giving out of the right motives. That's even better. But when you're giving to get, and they and they'll tell you, oh, when you give, you have to expect something in return. Well, that's the wrong motivation. Just seek first the kingdom of God. And all the other things will be added onto you. So you give, and thank God that you were able to give, and go on about your way seeking first the kingdom. And then watch what God will do. You don't have to manipulate God. You don't have to pay him off. He's a father. We never, we never did that to our earthly fathers or our earthly mothers. We never put money in their hand to get them to do something for us because they just loved us unconditionally. We were their children, and they would lay down their life for us. And Jesus already laid down his life for us. And God loves us. And it's up to him, the portion of blessing that he pours out to you. You can't make him do it, because you can't make him do it. And he's not going to give you more than you can handle, because it could destroy you. You see how many rich people wind up killing themselves and they wind up on drugs and committing adultery all over the place because they can't handle the fame and they can't handle the money. It destroys them. Godliness with contentment brings great gain. So be content with what you have. And God will bless you. He says he will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And that's the good word for today. But I also want to remind you, I'm going to start playing some of these audios now, but I also want to remind you about our book, President Trump's Pastor, 
Paula White, the miracle-selling huckster who became the spiritual advisor to the world's most powerful man. And that book is on Amazon, and I've updated it. I've added a few more new chapters with some documents in there. And the documentation is, we spent a lot of time researching these documents to be able to prove the point. So you need to put these things in a book so people can look at the documents, they can look at the information. And it's there. Uh, you want people to know who Paula White really is and the fact that she's she was pastoring the President of the United States. Oh, please. But anyway, this is a very wicked woman. And people need to know who she is. I hope she repents. I really do. I really hope she repents and gets her life right with the Lord because it does it. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and then to lose his own soul? It doesn't profit. So that's there in our book, Seed Faith Can a Man Bribe God? And then we have our website, propheticnews.com, and our YouTube channels under my name, Susan Puzio, and Greedy Preachers TV. So those things are out there. And if you would like to email me, please email me, Susan, at propheticnews.com, okay? And those things are out there for you. So I'm going to play some audios here. And uh, we'll start with one of the biggest con artists of the day. Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn. For as much as thou art sent of the king and of his seven counselors to inquire concerning Judah and Jerusalem according to the law of thy God which is in thine hand, and to carry the silver and gold which the king and his counselors have freely offered unto the God of Israel whose habitation is in Jerusalem, and all the silver and gold that thou canst find in all the province of Babylon, with the free will offering of the people and of the priests, offering willingly for the house of their God which is in Jerusalem. Everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? When God has blessed him with crowds, you know, and finally when I give him the answer of how much I gave him, well, sometimes I give this, I sometimes give that, so up, down, up, down, up, down. He says, you know, he said, I've been sitting here wrecking my head, wondering why a young man like you is in debt. Now I know why. I said, please tell me. He said, you are an emotional giver. He said, God will never bless you till you obey his law. He said, the, the law of giving is a fixed law. You cannot change it. And then he gave me this scripture from Leviticus 27, verse 30. He said, the Bible says, if you're not a giver, God will penalize you 20%. I said, show it to me. And he, and he did. Leviticus 27, verse, verse 30 and on. All the tithe of the land whether of the seed or the fruit is the Lord's, it's holy unto the Lord. If any man will redeem it or keep it back, he will add thereto the fifth, 20%. He said, if you don't give God your offering and your tithe, 
you will lose it with something else. You're going to lose it somehow still. And you're going to lose a lot. He said, start obeying God and watch what God will do with you. And I did. It was a difficult time in my life because I did not know the Bible like I do today. And, and the Lord knowing Still don't know the, Bible. the grace of giving in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 7. And the grace of giving is born out of faith. People of faith are givers, I'm telling you. Yes, and the tithe belongs, listen to me now, to the ministry that is feeding you. It doesn't belong to a building. It belongs to the ministry that's taking care of you, feeds you the word, whether it's our ministry or somewhere else. Make sure you're a tither and make sure you give your offering also. Like I heard years ago from my own father-in-law, the tithe opens the heavens and the offering fills the pockets. How true. We have to also give the offering. Even though we may be living under an open heaven, we still have to give the offering to receive. So grace produces giving and grace produces a heavenly account. So Paul said we're to grow in grace in giving, 2 Corinthians 8, 7. Grow in the grace of giving. Now, Jesus plenty. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny that when they quote those Old Testament scriptures about tithing, it talked about the, the seed of the land Now, that's talking about crops, so it's not talking about money. But that, that's how uh, underhanded these preachers are because they love to quote these scriptures and then the fruit of the ground and the, God opens up the windows of heaven. So what's coming down from heaven? Dollar bills? I don't think so. And if it's talking about anything that has to do with the ground, it's talking about crops because you, nobody puts dollar bills in the ground and gets money back. And then he tries to manipulate you by telling you, no, you don't have to tithe to a building. Well, of course, when he was pastoring a church, you, you better have tithed to his building, which he wound up leaving anyway. He was on the verge of bankruptcy, I think, at the point he sold his building there in uh, Orlando when uh, there was quite a bit of scandal that was surrounding him at one point. But he, he managed then to recover from all that But as he continued to manipulate. So, of course, now that he doesn't have a building and he's still or pastoring a church, maybe he thinks that he's pastoring an Internet church or something like that because he still wants people to call him Pastor Benny, which... Really, his name is Benny, and he's a pastor, so he's Benny. And uh, the Bible says in the book of Job not to give flattering titles to men. So I don't, personally, I don't believe in calling people by their titles. I think it makes people, it kind of makes you think in your own head to get, that you have an edge over the people that you're ministering to if you don't allow them to just call you by your name. <laughs> the apostles did it. 
if you notice in the in the New Testament, they always put their name Paul and Apostle. They didn't say Apostle Paul. They didn't they didn't even call themselves by a title, so it, it should be the same thing for us. And uh, but he tells you that. You should give your money to where you're getting fed. In other words, if I'm feeding you the word of God, then tithe to me. Tithe to me, which he's not feeding you the word of God because he's only he's only uh, doing it for money. And even when he says he was going to give up, uh, he was going to stop asking people to give a thousand dollars. That it was a oh, it was a reproach, and the Holy Spirit was sick of it. And, and uh, he was going to stop doing it. It wasn't too much later that he started doing it again because I guess the money was starting to dry up because it's, it's much easier to raise money the way they do it. And when he supposedly was trying to reform, I guess the millions weren't coming in, so then he went back to pimping the gospel. He went back to pimping it and... Uh, so that, that's where he's at now, is selling the $1,000 miracles. Steve Strang was in, in my wedding. We go way back. And he's already asked me, said, are you ready to make it public? I said, well, not totally. Because I don't want to hurt my friends or my love who believe things I don't believe anymore. And I will tell you now something that is, is going to shock you. I think it's an offense to the Lord. It's an offense to say, give $1,000. Right now, right now, so a $1,000 sacrifice, not a seed. There was a difference between a seed and a sacrifice. And when I sowed that sacrificial seed, it was $1,000. That's why I always talk about it. It's an offense to say, give $1,000. And when he talks to you, I'm going to have you come down here and sow $1,000 in the Lord's work. Now, I'm telling you something. God already has placed that thousand dollars in your hand you have it someplace it's an offense to say give a thousand dollars i know you have other plans for it but god has just changed your plans yeah, god benny if you put it in the god lord's benny. work he will so abundantly bless you he'll get you out of that miserable debt you're in he'll get you out of that bondage you're in all you got to do is obey and obey now. Many in attendance at the conference in New York City came forward to sell their $1,000 gifts into the work of the ministry. It's an <laughs> offense to say, give $1,000. Knowing that their seeds of faith would be used to reach lost and suffering people around the world with the saving and healing gospel of Jesus Christ. Before praying over the people's sacrificial investments into the kingdom of God, Pastor Benny reminded them that their obedience was the key to positioning themselves for the coming wealth transfer. I'm telling you what God did for me. This is the truth. It's what happened to this guy right here. When things looked impossible, God did it. Did it beyond anything I could have believed for. Now, the Lord said to me, give a thousand to Bill Prankard. That was a tough one. There's a $1,000 seed. God dropped it in your heart. You knew when I said it that it was you. It's an offense to say, give a thousand dollars. When he talks to you, I'm going to have you come down here 
and sow a thousand dollars in the Lord's work. There's a one thousand dollar seed. God dropped it in your heart. You knew when I said it that it was you. But yeah. when everything starts falling apart out there with the unbelievers, and we the church prosper while they're all you know falling apart, then you'll say this is God can do that. And the wealth of the sinner is coming your way. Definitely, we so say, well, how? Do you know, because it's in the Bible. There's been six wealth transfers already. Abraham got the wealth of Pharaoh, and Isaac got the wealth of Abimelech, and, and you know, Jacob got the wealth of Laban, and Joseph got the wealth of Egypt, and Israel got the wealth of Egypt. But the thing is this, it's obedience that matters. It's obedience that matters. Well, I just don't like Benny Hinn. Who cares about Benny Hinn? It's obedience that matters. So you obey God. However you need to do it, do it now. You can't be a Christian and shut me off right now when I'm talking about giving to the Lord's work. <laughs> I think it's offense to the Holy Spirit to place oh. a price on the gospel. I'm done with it. Yeah, yeah, sure. I will never again ask you to give a thousand or whatever amounts because I think the Holy Ghost is just fed up with it. And as you pray, God's going to talk to you. And when he talks to you, I'm going to have you come down here and sow a thousand dollars in the Lord's work. Now, I'm telling you something. God already has placed that thousand dollars in your hand. You have it somewhere. <laughs> oh, it didn't last long because the, 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 the uh, times that you hear after he made the statement in 2019 about it was a reproach. And I'm not doing it anymore to tell people to give a thousand dollars. Well, you hear after he's telling people it was in 2020. Then he started telling people again that they had to give a thousand dollars. And then watch what God will do. I'm sure some of my listeners out there, you've given those seed faith offerings and you've given up your tithes and you're still broke. You're still broke. I know. I, I know that happens. I know it happens. And one time I took a survey in this church I was in. This was back in, I think, 1996, because I was, I was really questioning even what the, they were teaching at the church about the seed sowing and bringing and tithing. You had to, in order to be a member at the, at the church, you had to sign this paper that you were going to tithe. You couldn't be a member if, if you didn't. Well, nobody should do that. Anyway, I was questioning things, and I was, I was uh, holding a conference there, and I, I asked the audience, now tell me, how many people here that you've been tithing and you've been sowing seeds, you're out of debt? Hardly anybody raised their hand, and there was... 500 people maybe or more in in the audience because it doesn't work like it doesn't work like that that's not god's royal law of love god's royal law of love is to love your neighbor as yourself and it's not love to give your neighbor something because you're expecting something in return No, we give because God gave and we give with the same motivation 
of love, and then we seek first the kingdom of God, and the Bible says all these other things will be added unto you. So we do our charity, and we don't have to do it. Notice there's a lot of people, a lot of these ministers, they like to tell you about all the feeding programs they have and all the money they're giving away. And we're not supposed to brag about those kind of things to make ourselves look good. Well, look at all the things that I'm doing. Look at all the money I'm spending. Not their money. They're not spending their money. No. If they could say, well, yeah, I'm taking, this is the money I'm taking out of my salary and I'm giving it. That's a different story, but they shouldn't be bragging about all the things that they're doing with your money. Look at if you give, we can do all these kind of things. And yeah, ministries need money. There's no doubt about that. And if they want to take up offerings or have appeals, if that's the way they do things, fine. But as long as they don't manipulate, as long as they don't tell you that if you give me this money right now, God's going to bless you with wealth transfers and he's going to cancel your debts and he's going to heal your children and he's going to heal your body and he's going to give you household salvation. As long as they don't promise you those kind of things, as long as they tell you we're taking up this offering for the ministry to do this project or, or uh, in a church to pay the mortgage or to pay the light bill or whatever, as long as they're honest with you, fine. But if they're promising you the, you the world and, and they're telling you that God is saying it right now and you have to run to the phone right now because you're going to miss your moment. And if you miss this moment, that's it. Your, your blessing has passed you by. That's a lie. Who wants to listen to liars? The Bible says that all liars are going to have their part in the lake of fire. Extortioners, liars. And that's extortion, plain and simple. If they were not hiding behind the shield of a shield of a ministry, they would be arrested for Ponzi schemes. Yeah, because that's what it is. For the most part, that's what it is. It's a Ponzi scheme. And the person at the top is the person that's getting wealthy. I, I, I had a guy, well, I'll tell you who, it was Dan Willis. There are 100 people right now that are to pick up the phone immediately, now, 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 now. And I, I, I love Dan with all my heart. I said, don't you dare preach that message again. You are but one phone call away. Do you hear me? You are but one phone call or online. And I, I, I love Dan with all my heart. I said, don't you dare preach that message again. Hear me right now. A seed in the ground is for harvest. If you need a financial miracle, a seed in the ground is for harvest. But he said a sacrifice is for situation. There are 100 people right now that are to pick up the phone immediately. Now, 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 now. They would be a part of it. When they invite me to telephones, I think they will not like me anymore. Because if you look at the word of God, I don't want to get into it now. Am I shocking you? Yeah. Good, let's have a high five on this one. If I hear one more time, break the back of debt with a thousand dollars, I'm going to rebuke them.
It didn't last long. <laughs> what you did for me so long ago, do it for the people, Lord. Bring the people out of debt. I hear one more time, break the back of debt with a thousand dollars. I'm going to rebuke them. Break this curse. Yeah. A year Panic. later. Praise. Wait, wait, just, just a second. We're, we're, we're going to praise him with this. It says, worship the Lord with an offering. We, 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 we praise him also with an act. I just want to say, I love you. You are everything to me. You know, when you think, when, when we think about how much he gave us, how much the Lord has done for us. I liked what Catherine Kuhlman would say, never keep it back from him. He's never kept anything back from you. But now it's time to give to the Lord's work. You've been fed spiritual things. It is the privilege of each one of us to now give of our natural things, as Paul said. If we are giving spiritual things, it's our duty to give back of our natural things, which is finances. And as you succeed in the work of the kingdom of God, remember his promises. I mean, God has promised you It didn't last long. He went right Blessings back. Blessings beyond descriptions. Abundance, abundance. God never promises lack. But God will not trust you with the coming wealth unless you're sowing seed today to prove yourself faithful. A faithful oh. man will abound in the future with blessings. Oh. It's now time to sow. Look, you can't be a Christian and not give. No. You can't be a Christian and shut me off right now when I'm talking about giving to the Lord's work. <laughs> You can't be a Christian and shut me off right now when I'm talking about giving to the Lord's work. Because sowing into the kingdom of God is the most important thing you can do this hour to secure the future. Your future and your children's future and grandchildren's future. Only as we obey the word of the Lord. Remember, prosperity is quite simple. Prosperity is not an accident. Prosperity, financial prosperity, is a decision. Number one, when I love the Lord Jesus. Proverbs 8.21, that I may cause those who love me to inherit substance. Number two, the word. This book of the law will not depart out of your mouth. You'll meditate therein day and night, and then you'll have what? Success and prosperity. Joshua 1.8. And thirdly, obedience. We have to obey. We have to sow seed. Without obedience, it's not going to happen. Be not darkness. If thy whole body, therefore, be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light, as when the bright shining of a candle doth give thee light. And as he spake, a certain Pharisee besought him to dine with him. And he went in and sat down to meet. And when the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that he had not first washed before dinner. And the Lord said unto him, now do ye Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness. Ye fools, did not he that made that which is without make that which is within also? But rather, give alms of such things as ye have, and behold, all things are clean unto you. But woe unto you, Pharisees! For ye tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs and pass over judgment and the love of God. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. 
Woe unto you Pharisees! For ye love the uppermost seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye are as graves which appear not, and the men that walk over them are not aware of them. Yeah, 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 Benny. Yeah, woe unto you, woe unto you. It didn't last long. Oh, it didn't last long. Because they, 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 they want to tell you about faith. Oh, we're people of faith. But they don't have any faith when it comes to finances. And if you really love the Lord and you really want to preach the gospel, you'll preach it whether you have a, a partners or you don't have partners. You'll find a way to do it. You'll find a way to do it. If you're that interested in preaching the gospel. But, but if, it, if it requires you to start selling out and compromising, then get out of the ministry. Don't have a ministry because if you're in the ministry and you're going to hurt people, what's the sense of having a ministry? And then you have to lie and cheat and steal to have a ministry? No, no, it's not worth it. This book of the law will not depart out of your mouth. You'll meditate therein day and night, and then you'll have what? Success and prosperity, Joshua 1.8. And thirdly, obedience. We have to obey. We have to sow seed. Without obedience, it's not going to have financial return. You are releasing your faith spiritually so God can touch your life spiritually by surrendering to him, giving him what belongs to him. You're reaching out to touch him so he can heal your body. But now I want you to also, in addition, sow a seed of $50.00. So God can bless your life with freedom from financial pressure, financial bondage. I'm going to ask God to do two things for you because I really feel this for the body of Christ, that he will give you property and he will release you from debt. The Lord wants to give his people property. I know it in the spirit. The Lord wants to give you property to secure your, your tomorrow, your future. Evil days are coming, people. Evil days are coming. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 2 says, Increase your giving so God can protect your future. So a portion of seven, also of eight, for thou knowest not what evil is coming to the earth. The people of this earth are scared of what's coming economically. It will not affect the giver. It will not affect the body of Christ if we give. So, you know, people say, well, I, you know, I'm saved and I belong to Jesus, all is well. Not so, not so, not so, not so. Obedience is the key. Job 36, 11 says, if they obey and serve him, only if they obey, they'll, they'll spend their days in prosperity, years in pleasure. God wants to bless the house of the righteous. Proverbs 15, verse 6, in the house of the righteous is treasure. God never promised. So... I'm going to, right now, let's believe God that the, the, the seed you sow will trigger a mighty harvest for you. Yeah. That this is happening right on time, this year of Jubilee, right here from Jericho. In the name of Jesus, we believe the seed they sow today will trigger a great harvest for each one of them. Lord, I'm believing you. Now, you, you need to really believe you are with me. Yeah. I'm believing you, Lord, for property and cancellation of death. In fact, you know what, what I like to do? I talked to that rabbi yesterday. I'm going to send your name. He gave me his email. I'm going to send your name to him. Yes. And he's going to put it in the wedding wall. Oh. I'm, I made a great deal with, with that rabbi yesterday. I said, give me your email. 
So when our people send them names, still, I can send them to you by email. He said, I'll do it. So every person who sends $50 today as a gift to the ministry, I'm going to take your name, send it by email to the rabbi at the Wailing Wall, and he'll put your name in the wall and pray over it. Swear by the temple, sweareth by it, and by him that dwelleth therein. And he that shall swear by heaven, sweareth by the throne of God, and by him that sitteth thereon. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Ye blind guides, which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. In thee have they taken gifts to shed blood. Thou hast taken usury and increase, and thou hast greedily gained of thy neighbors by extortion, and hast forgotten me, saith the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You did it by extortion. And the Lord says, and you have forgotten me. Nah, don't believe these people. Don't believe these people. Don't believe these people. Give from, out of a generous heart to be a blessing to other people. Go about your business. Thank God for your blessings. And when the time is right, God will be there for you. It said, the Bible says that people look at the outside, but God looks at the heart. He's looking at your heart. He knows the motives of your heart. And just like any good parent, He will bless you when you're doing the right thing. If, you're, if your children don't do the right thing, you don't. You punish them in some way so they learn how to do the right thing. <laughs> you don't just tell your child, well, that's okay. Yeah, that's wrong, but go ahead and do it anyway. That's what people like Benny Hinn like you to believe us. It's wrong, but go ahead and do it anyway. I, I'm going to give your, I'm going to put your name on a piece of paper and we're going to stick it in the wailing wall. That's some kind of special thing. Look, you can pray for yourself. You don't have to pay Benny Hinn $50 to uh, pray for you. You can pray for yourself and then you can save your $50. God hears your prayer. You don't need for him to write your name on a piece of paper and stick it in the wailing wall like, Okay, if I do that, then of course God is going to hear me. That's special. No, it's ridiculous. It's manipulation. Manipulation. That's what it is. I'm going to play a few scriptures here now. Uh, a lot of these scriptures have to do with go a whoring, and that's why we call it pimp preachers because these preachers go a whoring after money and they make money they're idols they lose track of why they went into the ministry in the first place was to help people to bless people and to tell people about jesus 
and they shall no more offer their sacrifices unto devils after whom they have gone a-whoring. This shall be a statute forever unto them throughout their generations. As thou art, so were they. Each one resembled the children of a king. And he said, They were my brethren, even the sons of my mother. As the Lord liveth, if ye had saved them alive, I would not slay you. And he said unto Jetha his firstborn, Up and slay them. But the youth drew not his sword, for he feared, because he was yet a youth. Then Ziba and Zalmanna said, Rise thou and fall upon us. For as the man is, so is his strength. And Gideon arose and slew Ziba and Zalmanna, and took away the ornaments that were on their camels' necks. Then the men of Israel said unto Gideon, Rule thou over us, both thou and thy son and thy son's son also, for thou hast delivered us from the hand of Midian. And Gideon said unto them, I will not rule over you, neither shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. And Gideon said unto them, I would desire a request of you, that ye would give me every man the earrings of his prey. For they had golden earrings, because they were Ishmaelites. And they answered, We will willingly give them. And they spread a garment, and did cast therein every man the earrings of his prey. And the weight of the golden earrings that he requested was a thousand and seven hundred shekels of gold, beside ornaments and collars and purple raiment that was on the kings of Midian, and beside the chains that were about their camels' necks. And Gideon made an ephod thereof, and put it in his city, even in Ophrah. And all Israel went thither a-whoring after it. And it came to pass, as soon as Gideon was dead, that the children of Israel turned again, and went a-whoring after Baalim, and made Baal Beareth their god. And the children of Israel remembered not the Lord their God, who had delivered them out of the hands of all their enemies on every side. Neither showed they kindness to the house of Jeroboam, namely Gideon, according to all the goodness which he had showed unto Israel. But thee, and there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God, that I may declare all thy works. And to scatter them in the lands. They joined themselves also unto Baal Peor, and ate the sacrifices of the dead. Thus they provoked him to anger with their inventions, and the plague break in upon them. Then stood up Phineas and executed judgment, and so the plague was stayed. And that was counted unto him for righteousness unto all generations forevermore. They angered him also at the waters of strife, so that it went ill with Moses for their sakes, because they provoked his spirit, so that he spake unadvisedly with his lips. They did not destroy the nations concerning whom the Lord commanded them, but were mingled among the heathen and learned their works, and they served their idols, which were a snare unto them. Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils, and shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and of their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan. And the land was polluted with blood. Thus were they defiled with their own works, and went a-whoring with their own inventions. Therefore was the wrath of the Lord kindled against his people, insomuch that he abhorred his own inheritance. And he gave them into the hand of the heathen, and they that hated them ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them, and they were brought into subjection under their hand. Many times did he deliver them, 
but they provoked him with their counsel and were brought low for their iniquity. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cry, and he remembered for them his covenant and repented according to the multitude of his mercies. Amen. Amen. Just some good scriptures. Now, you will find this word in some of the Bible translations, whore or whoring. They took it out. It's in the King James Version, for sure. And so I think it's an important word, <laughs> very descriptive. So, and it's a necessary word. But here's some more scriptures. I, even I, will bring a sword upon you, and I will destroy your high places, and your altar shall be desolate, and your images shall be broken. And I will cast down your slain men before your idols, and I will lay the dead carcasses of the children of Israel before their idols, and I will scatter your bones round about your altars. In all your dwelling places, the cities shall be laid waste, and the high places shall be desolate, that your altars may be laid waste and made desolate, and your idols may be broken and cease, and your images may be cut down, and your works may be abolished. And the slain shall fall in the midst of you, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Yet will I leave a remnant, that ye may have some that shall escape the sword among the nations, when ye shall be scattered through the countries. And they that escape of you shall remember me among the nations whither they shall be carried captives, because I am broken with their whorish heart which hath departed from me, and with their eyes which go a-whoring after their idols. And they shall loathe themselves for the evils which they have committed in all their abominations. And they shall know that I am the Lord, and that I have not said in vain that I would do this evil unto them. The Lord would not destroy the house of David because of the covenant that he had made with David, and as he promised to give a light to him and to his sons forever. In his days, the Edomites revolted from under the dominion of Judah and made themselves a king. Then Jehoram went forth with his princes and all his chariots with him, and he rose up by night and smote the Edomites which compassed him in and the captains of the chariots. So the Edomites revolted from under the hand of Judah unto this day. The same time also did Libna revolt from under his hand, because he had forsaken the Lord God of his fathers. Moreover, he made high places in the mountains of Judah, and caused the inhabitants of Jerusalem to commit fornication, and compelled Judah thereto. And there came a writing to him from Elijah the prophet, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of David thy father, because thou hast not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat thy father, nor in the ways of Asa king of Judah, but hast walked in the way of the kings of Israel, and hast made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to go a-whoring, like to the whoredoms of the house of Ahab, and also hast slain thy brethren of thy father's house, which were better than thyself. Behold, with a great plague will the Lord smite thy people, and thy children, and thy wives, and all thy goods. Parteth not the noise of a whip, and the noise of the rattling of the wheels, and of the prancing horses, and of the jumping chariots. The horseman lifteth up both the bright sword and the glittering spear, and there is a multitude of slain, and a great number of carcasses, and there is none end of their corpses. They stumble upon their corpses, because of the multitude of the whoredoms of the well-favored harlot, the mistress of witchcrafts, that selleth nations through her whoredoms, and families through her witchcrafts. Amen. Amen. It's not a good end. It's not a good end. You talk about witchcraft. Well, it's manipulation. 
a lot of these preachers use manipulation. It, 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 it's not a good way to uh, practice your ministry because you're not going to end well. It's not going to end well. It's such a slippery slope. It's just so much better to do things God's way. Even if you don't have enough, you might not have enough to do what you, you need to do. But that's where your faith comes in, and that's where your dependency comes in on God, that you're dependent on God to help you through this life. When everything else falls around, falls apart around us, we can always, always depend on God. Always. He's always there for us. Always. Here's a few more scriptures. And he shall make amends for the harm that he hath done in the holy thing, and shall add the fifth part thereto, and give it unto the priest. And the priest shall make an atonement for him with the ram of the trespass offering, and it shall be forgiven him. And if a soul sin, and commit any of these things which are forbidden to be done by the commandments of the Lord, though he wist it not, yet is he guilty, and shall bear his iniquity. And he shall bring a ram without blemish out of the flock, with thy estimation, for a trespass offering unto the priest. And the priest shall make an atonement for him concerning his ignorance wherein he erred and wist it not, and it shall be forgiven him. It is a trespass offering. He hath certainly trespassed against the Lord. Chapter 6. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, If a soul sin and commit a trespass against the Lord, and lie unto his neighbor in that which was delivered him to keep, or in fellowship, or in a thing taken away by violence, or hath deceived his neighbor, or hath found that which was lost, and lieth concerning it, and sweareth falsely. In any of all these that a man doeth sinning therein, then it shall be, because he hath sinned and is guilty, that he shall restore that which he took violently away, or the thing which he hath deceitfully gotten, or that which was delivered him to keep, or the lost thing which he found, or all that about which he hath sworn falsely. He shall even restore it in the principle, and shall add the fifth part more thereto, and give it unto him to whom it appertaineth in the day of his trespass offering. And he shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord, a ram without blemish out of the flock, with thy estimation, for a trespass offering unto the priest. And the priest shall make an atonement for him before the Lord, and it shall be forgiven him for anything of all that he hath done in trespassing therein. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. It is the burnt offering because of the burning upon the altar all night unto the morning, and the fire of the altar shall be burning in it. And the priest shall put on his linen garment, and his linen breeches shall he put upon his flesh, and take up the ashes which the fire hath consumed with the burnt offering on the altar, and he shall put them beside the altar. And he shall put off his garments, and put on other garments, and carry forth the ashes without the camp unto a clean place. And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it, it shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning, and lay the burnt offering in order upon it, and he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offerings. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar, it shall never go out. And this is the law of the meat offering. The sons of Aaron shall offer it before the Lord, before the altar. And he shall take of it his handful of the flour of the meat offering, and of the oil thereof, and all the frankincense which is upon the meat offering, and shall burn it upon the altar for a sweet savor, even the memorial of it unto the Lord. Yeah, 
Aaron Benny, he hasn't been paying his trespass offerings. He talks about paying one-fifth or 20%. If you don't tie, you have, it's going to cost you 20% more. Well, when you trespass on God's people and you lie and manipulate, you're supposed to pay back what you, what you took. I haven't yet seen one of these so-called ministers pay back from their extortion and their lying and manipulation. They like to they like to quote scripture to you, but there's some scriptures that they just won't quote. <laughs> those those scriptures they 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 pass by. Yeah, they pass by. Anyway, um let's hear what Rod Parsley has to say. Another pimp preacher. I don't mind saying that, Rod, because you have really strayed from knowing God and you turn to manipulating and then you start a Bible college and you teach the Bible school students that are going to be pastors and evangelists. You're going to teach them how to manipulate to get money? No, 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 no. Forecast. This is the season of Pentecost when God asks that you honor him with an offering worthy of his great and precious gift, the Holy Spirit. Joni and I always sow at least a $50 seed for every member of our family. Well, for you, it may be a $100 seed or a $250 seed or a $1,000 seed. This Pentecost season concludes June the 5th. So don't miss what God wants to do in your life. There are brand new ministry materials available for your generous gift of $100 or $1,000. I've asked the Lord during this season of great, great outpouring to release miracles. Hmm overwhelming miracles to 120 listening today with uncommon ears to hear, with spirits ready to experience the power of Pentecost released by sowing a faith-filled uncommon seed of $1,000. Could that be you? You'll know in your heart if you're one of the 120, like those who gathered in the upper room, I'm going to come into covenant agreement with you that a Holy Spirit fire will begin to sweep down with power, power to overcome every problem, every sickness, every bondage to overcome all lack, that the presence of the Holy Ghost will give you wisdom that brings about prosperity in your life, demonstrating God's favor upon your life. I'll also have your name engraved upon a beautiful, beautiful plaque in my prayer chamber, oh, reminding me that you're a part of my upper room family 
of prayer partners. $50? Would you call that number on your screen right now? Would you become one of my 120? You know, your reaction to an instruction decides the future that lies ahead of you. Uh Call right now or text the word Pentecost Uh or go to rodparsley.com. I can't wait. If you need a supernatural miracle, Uh I encourage you right now, sow a Pentecost seed that represents your faith in the God of Pentecost. You can sow your seed in a time before June the 5th. But right now, hear me. I'm looking for 120. I believe for great miracles to be released in your life. Call now. Sow your seed. Praise the living God in the spirit for his word becoming real in every part of your life. The Feast of Pentecost is your destiny-shaking appointment with power. Sow your Pentecost seed before June 5th and place yourself in position to receive the seven promised blessings of peace, protection, and prosperity. Sow in multiples of 50 to mark the 50 days between Passover and Pentecost. For your double portion seed of $100 or more, our gift to you is Dr. Parsley's two-part video celebrating our rich spiritual heritage, What If There Were No Holy Spirit? Plus, grow in faith and power by reading about the people and events in the new book, 50 Moments of Pentecostal History. For your very special Pentecost seed of $1,000 or more, you'll be one of the first to receive the newly released three-volume Treasury of Pentecost, Truth That Turned the World Upside Down books that are foundational to the Pentecostal power experience. Plus, this exciting new revealing interview, Reflections on Pentecost. Learn how the Spirit of God has moved powerfully in this worldwide ministry in the past 40 years. Your name will also be added to the family of 120 upper room believers in Dr. Parsley's prayer chamber. For a commanded Pentecost offering of any size, you'll receive two vials of anointing oil to anoint your home and family. Please don't delay. Pentecost Sunday is June 5th. Call, text, or log on today. Friend, it's time to release your seed, rejoice in faith, and receive your harvest. to see and to hear somebody talking like that. It really, really is. Here's a man that pastoring a church. I don't know what kind of doctor he is but or where he got his doctorate. I don't know if it's earned or it's honorary, probably honorary. Maybe he did earn it. I don't know, but I don't know what he learned 
if he has a, a doctorate in any kind of Bible theology, uh, I don't know what he learned because he didn't learn too much since he has to pimp to get people to give him money and uh, tell them that he's going to put their name engraved on a plaque in his room, his prayer room. And when he looks at that plaque, he will be reminded of all that money. <laughs> He'll be reminded. <laughs> it's, it's amazing, really, because I don't know how these guys sleep at night, except if they've already been turned over to a reprobate mind, because as a Christian, you know when you're doing something wrong. You know it. You know it. You go to sleep and you toss and you turn and you just know you're doing something wrong. So then you repent, hopefully. You repent and you, and you carry on. God forgives you and you carry on. But these people, they just keep on going with their manipulation and their lying and their extortion and trying to make hurting people feel better and uh, make them think that if, if they give this $50 or they give this $1,000, that somehow God is going to have mercy on them. When God already had mercy on you, when he sent Jesus, how much of an offering do you, do you need? God doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. There's, there, there's nothing, nothing in the New Testament of Jesus ever holding out his hand or passing a basket and taking up an offering before he ministered to people or he promised or he did his miracles. There's, there's nothing there. So if it's not there and he didn't do it, then these preachers shouldn't be doing it either because they're certainly not following the example of the Savior. The Savior went about doing good and healing people and, and uh, doing his ministry, and he, he didn't have to beg, borrow, and steal. That's for sure. So that's our example. Rod Parsley, Benny Hinn, Richard Roberts, the rest of them, no, they're not my example. I don't want them to be my example either. No. Here's uh, David E. Taylor. David E. Taylor, a scam artist that just bought an $8 million mansion that belonged to the uh, family of the people that owned the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the daughter, belonged to the daughter. It's quite the house, beautiful house. Oh, amazing. Millions were watching all over the world, and it was amazing. Now, I know y'all see that I'm dressed in the same clothes as I was last night. I heard the Lord tell me, he says, I want you to wear these clothes every night. I tell you, he says, because there is a glory that is getting not only coming from uh, heaven on your body and through like in the Bible, the Bible says that God's glory would come up on men's body and Paul from his body would send handkerchiefs and uh, and and 
demons would come out of people and people would be healed. You see, when you work in the healing ministry, it's a supernatural spiritual thing. You see, carnal people don't understand this kind of thing. Millions were watching last night. People healed out of their wheelchairs in their homes, healed of cancers and tumors, heart diseases, uh, all kind of other things. And Joseph, I want you to verify this, make sure I'm telling the story right. The Lord told me to write this book called Face to Face, how he appeared to me when I was a gangster on the streets in a dream. And so that's what happened. That's how I got saved. I was out in the streets, smoking dope, doing all kind of stuff. And Jesus came to me in a dream. We need at least during this week, a million dollars so that we can do what God has called us to do. We need over a million but we immediately need a million dollars. What he told me, he says, David, there are a thousand people that can sow a thousand dollars. He says some of them have it immediately and then some of them can give it over a period of three months in $333 and add the $1 the last month. 1,000 people times a thousand dollars is a million dollars. Whoa. It's costing millions of dollars to do what we're doing. Yeah. And we need it like today, right now. And if you can, don't delay. We are doing massive things and it requires millions of dollars. If you will be obedient, I know that God will bless you. But as y'all know, God has told me to build the campus for the harvest. We're building that. We are building so many other things. A TV station God has told me to get since I've been in here in Shutaway. He has spoken to me. He wants me to own a TV station. Oh, no. There's some initial things we're doing behind the scenes that I'm going to let y'all know about. Yeah. And most of all, going around to the different states in the arenas is going to cost a lot of money, yeah. a chunk of change, a healthy chunk of change. And we need this million dollars before we really need it before the 31st. Or I mean, before the first of the uh, of August, we really need this today, and no later than tomorrow. Yeah. But some of you, it is very important that I know you have money put away and saved away and tucked away. Go into that space right. and get a thousand dollars of that. Uh-oh. If you obey my voice as a prophet, God will bless you and increase you. Don't sit and watch me and not do. What I'm telling you by the spirit with finances, because if you obey God, God will bless your money. Just like he blessed Pastor Ashley, your mom received five million dollars because she sold a hundred thousand dollars. Yes, sir. It was an incredible miracle. Uh, I remember when you were on the phone with her, um, speaking with her, and you saw that her inheritance was held up. She hadn't even told you anything about it. You saw what was held up. You you saw the amount that was held up. And she said, you know, yes, sir, that is an inheritance that I have that I have not been able to get to be released for years. And, um, you know, as you prophesied about her uh, receiving 17 million. 17 million. She, after she gave a hundred thousand, she then sold a million after the five million came through. And now God is releasing 17 million because of her obedience. You see what I'm talking about? Some of you all want big blessings, but you give God small money when you have more than that to give. 
why would you why would you expect God to give you something big if you ain't willing to give to him big? You say, brother, what do you have scripture for that? It's in the Bible. Go to the Bible and research it. It's, it's, it's in there. Just to be close. Oh, dear. It's terrible. It's ter- he's not telling you. He's telling you he needs money for these crusades and he's going to buy a TV station, blah, blah. He didn't, he didn't mention the $8 million mansion that he just bought. I think it's like 25,000 square feet or something. It's huge. Huge. I don't even know how he got it for $8 million, to tell you the truth, because it, to me, when you look at the pictures of it, it uh, looks like it's worth more than uh, $8 million, unless they worked out some kind of a deal for a tax break for this the daughter of uh, the Glazer family who owned the house there in Tampa. But God forbid this guy is coming to to Tampa. He says, well, the Lord appeared to me when I was a thug <laughs> out on the street. Well, you're, you're still acting like a thug. Yeah, you're still, and, and notice that manipulation there, that that girl's mother was trying to get her inheritance released, so she gave David E. Taylor $100,000. She sold 100000 And within a few days or whatever, she got back $5 million. And then she sold a million out of that $5 million, And she got $17 million. So they appealed to your lust and your greed, thinking, wow, if that could happen for them, then it could happen for me. Yeah, these guys are pretty good at their conning. Yeah, they're pretty good at it. No substitute for planting your seed. Tomorrow night, I'm going to share the story of how they elected me as the second president of the university and marched me down the aisle and acclaimed me by acclamation as president and hung the medallion around my neck and handed me the $60 million debt. That was Richard Roberts. Who was the priest of Salem who was a type of Christ. And he offered him, as the Bible says, bread and wine, which was a type of the communion that we receive today, the Last Supper of Jesus. And said to him, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth, and the one who delivers him from all of his enemies. Up till that point, I do not believe that Abraham really knew who God was. But Melchizedek told him who God was. He was most high. He was possessor of heaven and earth and the one who delivers him from all of his enemies. And when Abraham understood who God was, that he was most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, and the one who delivers him from all of his enemies, he gave a tithe which means increase. He gave a tenth of all that he had unto God. That's how it began. Immediately, Satan came to try to wreck the deal. And that's what happens to us. Invariably, when you sow, car will break down, heater will go out, some medical bill you didn't know about, to get you to say, 
Oh, I wished I hadn't done that. Satan comes in immediately to steal the seed. And how did it happen with Abraham? It happened through the king of Sodom who came and tried to make a deal with him. But Abraham, being strong in faith, at least for the moment, <laughs> said, no, I won't even take a shoelace lest you say you made Abraham rich. And then he went out scared spitless. Have you ever been scared spitless? And so scared you can't even spit? Cotton mouth, you know what I'm talking about? The reason I know is because you move over into the 15th chapter, God had to come to him and said, don't be afraid. Why would God say don't be afraid if he wasn't afraid? Don't be afraid. I am your shield. And I am your ever-increasing reward. So the same thing that happens to us happened to Abraham. When he planted that seed, the devil came in to steal it. But he stood strong in his faith. And that's exactly what we have to do. Because when we sow, immediately Satan will try to come and steal the seed and steal your harvest. That's when you have to say, no, devil. You can't have me. You can't have my family. You can't have my finances. You can't have my health. You can't have my emotions. You can't have my job. You can't have my ministry. You can't have my business. No. That's when you draw a line and say, no, devil. This is my house. This is my car. This is my wife. This is my child. That's when you have to get strong. That's what the Bible means when it talks about being violent in your faith. You have to say no. You have to bind him in Jesus' name and rebuke him and say, take your dirty, rotten, stinking, filthy hands off me. This is how it started. It all started through Abraham. And Abraham prospered. And Abraham was looking for a reward, too. And the old teaching said, you don't expect anything from God. You give out of obligation. But every time you plant a seed, you have a right to a Bible harvest. Abraham was looking for something. What was he looking for? He said, he said to God, what will you do seeing I go childless? He was looking for something. Yeah. Now he was looking to God. He wasn't looking to people. Because when you look to people, nine times out of ten, they'll let you down. People make lousy sources. People are instruments. Don't look to people. Look to God. And if you study... Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not. Because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, 
that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, He hath dispersed abroad, He hath given to the poor, His righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ, and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men, and by their prayer for you, which long after you, for the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Amen. Amen. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift, because how could we give more than God? And Richard Roberts, who's been supposedly a Bible teacher for many years, and you heard him say at one point that he was given the ORU University presidency with $60 million worth of debt. Well, he never paid that debt off. I mean, he might have paid that initial debt off, but at the time that they ran him out of there, and they did run him out of there, uh, they were $50 million in debt. So Seed Faith wasn't working for him. His father had already passed away, and uh, the university was sold to uh, the Green family, and they owned the Hobby Lobbies, and they took it over, and uh, I think they've since paid off the debt. But that's hardly a testimony. Uh, he claims that he was going to give his testimony the other night. I couldn't. The next night, I couldn't find it. He was at this church, and he was going to explain to the people how he sowed seeds, he sowed money, and then he was able to pay off the debt. Well, like I said, they might have paid off that initial debt, but when they when he left, and uh, they didn't want him there anymore, they didn't even want him on the property, so uh, they were still $50 million in debt at that point. So all the seed sowing and all the billions, probably the billions of dollars that the Roberts family took in, they still couldn't stay out of debt. They still couldn't stay out of debt. And then he wants to uh, talk about Abraham giving his tithes to Melchizedek. Well, he gave the spoils of war. Abraham was already rich at that point, and he didn't give his money. He wasn't tithing his money to uh, Melchizedek. He was giving the spoils of war. So they love to take that whole uh, story out of context to, to make it pertain to uh, present day where if you go to a church and the pastor is feeding you that you have to then give him 10% in return, which that's not how it goes. Yeah, the pastor uh, of the church does teach you the word of God, but ultimately we want people as uh, people that are pastors anyway, and I'm not a pastor, but people that are pastors, ultimately you want people to be able to feed themselves and grow up in the things of God because uh, for the most part, and a lot of uh, pastors do this, they like to keep people in the baby stage and they like to keep people totally dependent on them for their spiritual food. But we're supposed to grow up and uh, in the things of God and mature where that we can study for ourselves and find things out for ourselves 
and not be dependent on another human being to feed us spiritually. It, it's time to grow up in the things of God uh, because just like they closed down all the churches and they're going to do it again. They're going to do it again. Now they have some kind of monkey pox thing going around and who knows if that's going to be the next pandemic. It's a horrible thing. It's kind of like smallpox, but it's already here in this country. So who knows how this thing is going to spread. And they still haven't stopped this coronavirus. The, the cases have tripled since last year, the numbers. So they don't talk about it as much as they used to talk about it, but it's still ramp on a rampage out there. So what's going to happen if you can't go to the building again and you can't have pastoritis? We have to grow up. We have to grow up in the things of God. And study to show yourself approved yourself. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine to have good pastors and, and uh, people that will love you and care for you and to fellowship with the saints. Yeah, all that's great. But the day, the day could come, and it, it could really come when you might not be able to do that that might not be available. So what are you going to do then? Fall apart? A, a lot of these a lot of these pastors too, even if there's going to if there's another pandemic and it's even going to be worse than what it was before, even more contagious, they're still going to insist on keeping their buildings open. Even if it means that people will get sick. And people did get sick because some of these people insisted on keeping the buildings open. And uh, they kept on insisting that people had to come to the building. But they might, the government might stop all of that. There might not be any buildings to go to. might not be any buildings but of course of course God gave us the fivefold ministry and the fivefold ministry is a blessing to us and uh, but we're always responsible to know the word of God for ourselves and that's that's the best no substitute for planting your seed tomorrow night I'm going to share the story of how they elected me as the second president of the university and marched me down the aisle and acclaimed me by acclamation as president and hung the medallion around my deck and handed me the $60 million debt. And who receives from you is not the one you're sowing to. You are sowing in the ground of the one who told you to sow. Are you hearing me? See, you are actually giving to God because you are operating in His Word. He was the one who told you to sow. He was the one who asked you to do it. So when you give, He is the one who looks at you, who checks the motive of your giving. He is the one who will cause the seed to grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you honor God in a sense that you're, you give from your heart just like God gave everything and we give from our heart to bless other people in that sense. But you're not giving it to God because God doesn't need the money. And God's not looking at you when you wave a $100 bill in his face and saying, oh, wonderful child, oh, 
I think I have to, I'm looking down from heaven. I have to bless you right now because I see that $100 that you're holding up to me. <laughs> it's not, that's not the way it goes. It's not the way it goes. No, it just doesn't. It, I, I can't understand it. Once your eyes are open to this thing and your eyes are open to the whole, the whole uh, pattern of manipulation and how things are done and they're not done in the name of Jesus, they're not done for the right motives, then you say to yourself, how, can, how do people even believe this? How, how are people manipulated by these people? How does it happen? And it, it, it's amazing. You could see uh, there was a minister on the internet on YouTube that had gone over to uh, Andrew Womack, and Andrew Womack is a word of faith preacher, a preacher. I knew him a little bit. I think he had come to our church when I was living in Colorado in the 1980s. And he had a very small ministry. Nobody really knew him. He wasn't a nationally, nationally known name. He used to give away his cassette tapes, and that's how he endeared himself to people, is he didn't charge for his teaching tapes. And so he started handing them out, and he became more and more popular. And now he's built this fabulous uh, building there in Colorado Springs, a huge, they have 1,200 Bible school students there in this huge auditorium that seats a couple thousand people. I don't know if it's like on 300 acres, something like that. Anyway, there's a video of it on up on YouTube, Karis Bible College. And uh, anyway, this preacher, an apologist in discernment ministry, went over there. And he had been over there before and was asking some questions about word of faith doctrine or whatever, which they didn't like it. But this time he went with a couple of other people, and he let them know at the gate who he was. He gave them his name. They let him in. You have to go through a gate to get in there. And then they they had to check in at the front desk, which they did, and they were able to sit in on one of the Bible classes, the Bible school classes. And at the end of this Bible le school lesson, they were able to ask questions. So he asked a question, well, how come everyone's not healed? If you say everybody's supposed to be healed, how come there's still sick people? And the instructor, which they had just, the instruction, I think, they had just talked about being kind to people that don't agree with you and being diplomatic and whatever. But this was really ironic because it, when he asked the question, the, the uh, instructor got very insulted and he didn't really answer. He didn't, what can you, how can you answer it? Not everybody's healed. Some people die sick. But it's not the worst thing in the world for a Christian to die because we go to heaven. So what can be better than that? Nobody likes to see their loved ones die. Nobody likes it, but it's a fact of life. And you can't prevent it. As long as we're in this world, we're going to have to go through these things. And so uh, he didn't, the instructor didn't really have an answer. He told him, oh, it's in my book. Go get my book. And then the bell rang, and they kind of cut him off. And then they walked up to him, and they said, are you so-and-so? And, -so? and uh, he said, yeah, I'm so-and-so. They said, well, you have to leave. And they called security, and they made him leave. Now, they weren't all the time they're teaching about being kind and, and all this kind of thing to people that don't agree with you. Yet they wouldn't sit down with him and discuss these things, which they don't do. 
So people will say to you, well, how come you don't contact these people and uh, talk to them? Because for the most part, you can't talk to them. Yeah, Andrew Womack or whoever was in charge that day should have been a big enough man to come out and say, okay, let's talk. Let's talk about it. No, they called security on him and told him he had to leave and don't come back. So they don't want to answer your questions. They're not open to dialogue for the most part. I would love for Paula White or Richard Roberts or whoever to come on my program, Rob Prost, come on, let's have a talk. They won't do it. They won't do it. And if you call the church and ask to talk to them, they won't talk to you. So the only way that I can talk to these people is through my program and through my uh, YouTube channel and uh, ask them to dialogue with me, which they won't do. They won't do it. They're not going to answer your questions, and they don't have time for you. They're interested in talking to people that can further their ministries and people that, that have money or whatever. Those are the kind of people that they'll give their time to, but... They're not going to answer your questions. They're not, for, for the most part, they're not going to change. They like their lifestyles. They like having all these millions of dollars, and so they're not going to change. And here's this Bible college, and uh, it just so happened that one of the students did come up to this man that they threw out, and he told him, he said, yes, I've been listening to some of your videos on YouTube, and I have questions, too, about some of the things that they're teaching here. Yeah, well, he had questions, but he couldn't get his questions answered by the instructors there, or even by Andrew Walmack himself. And when I was in Word of Faith and working for different ministries, like Norval Hayes Ministries, and I was associated with Roberts Laird and... and uh, licensed and ordained with another organization in Florida. I had questions too, but they, they shun you. When you start going against the grain, they will shun you, and then they don't want to answer your questions. They just want to get rid of you because they might consider you a troublemaker if you come against their seed faith doctrines and their, their tithing doctrines and you question those things, it's a moneymaker for them. So don't interfere with them and uh, what they consider the almighty dollar. But anyway, we, we can do what we can do as far as getting the word out in the ways that we do it on the internet. Thank God for that for now. And uh, so we have a voice, and we know that we don't labor in vain, that we labor to see the body of Christ not being abused and for people to wake up to what's going on and to try to change for the better. It's much, it's much better to do things the way God wants us to do things, and Watch God bless your life. And you know it's God. It's just like Abraham said. Nobody's going to say they made Abraham rich, but God. And it, and it was true for Abraham. So if it was true for Abraham, it could be true for us, too. That you could say no man did it. It was God that did it. And it's a much better life to 
watch God do things for you instead of trying to manipulate and control people to do things. And then you're calling it a ministry. And look at me, I've got this big worldwide ministry. Well, what is it going to profit you when Jesus says, I never knew you, depart from me? Nobody wants to hear those words. I don't think anyone really wants to hear those words. That's for sure. And anyway, that's our program for today. So thanks thanks, uh, to everybody for tuning in today. And remember, don't support these pimp preachers. If you're at a church or your favorite teacher starts manipulating you and lying to you about money, they have no integrity and just leave. Leave. Because you might try to talk to them about it and see if they'll reason with you. For the most part, they won't reason with you. And that's sad that... uh, we, because we should be able to uh, learn from each other, especially if it's going to benefit the body of Christ. And uh, anyway, let's try to uh, concentrate on the important things. And one of the most important things is, do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? We talk a lot about different people here And uh, you say, well, why would I want to be a Christian? Well, Jesus is the one that died for you. Because if you look to people, you're going to be disappointed. They're not perfect. And they're going to hurt you, probably. And they're going to make mistakes. They're going to sin against you, most likely. But there's one person that really does love you. And he gave his life for you, and he didn't have to. The Bible says in Romans 3.10, As it is written... There is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5.8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. So call upon the name of the Lord today. Jesus said in John, the third chapter, that ye must be born again. First, you're born of your mother. Then you must be born again of the Spirit of God. It is a real experience to be born again. Your old life passes away. And God forgives you of all your sins when you ask him. No matter what your sin is today, he will forgive you and give you a brand new life. And and you can have peace and you can have joy in the midst of a storm because we're all going to have storms in this life. We are all going to have to go through things. But God will be there for you. He, he says he's, he heals the brokenhearted, and he will. He'll be there for you. God bless you today. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.